when I think of this trip, <clears throat> I don't think of it as like, oh, we rigged the record breaking line. I mostly remember like, oh my gosh, I got to see these people and like work alongside with them and spend days just out in nature, you know, like no phones or distractions, just talking, rigging, setting up lines, you know, physically pushing myself, mentally pushing myself. I honestly don't remember too much about being on the line because at the time, like it, just, it just wasn't a super significant thing for me. And I enjoyed being out there, but the biggest like moment on the line for me was getting to like be out there with someone else. This is for the others out there, the other ambitious people who want to play at a higher level in their life. It's time to get curious and get real. Join me and together, let's find the others. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Find the Others podcast. I am your host, Joshua Church. Grateful to have you with us. New episodes are dropping every Wednesday and Sunday, so be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you can get the notification when a new episode comes out. And give me a follow on Instagram at Joshua Dean Church to catch different clips and highlights that I post. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, you find something that might be valuable, please be sure to share it with a friend who also might be into it so that together we can continue to grow our tribe of others. Today, I'm stoked to bring you such a fun conversation I had with Daniel, Mo, Jules, and Steve. Just last month, they set the record for the longest highline ever walked in California at Yosemite National Park. Now, highlining is high altitude slacklining, which a narrow strip of strong nylon webbing, usually an inch wide, a few millimeters thick, is strung between two anchor points and serves as a balance beam of sorts. So they use the help of 18 friends and fellow highliners to navigate their webbing through and across the landscape, hiking lines up from the valley floor, rappelling down from the cliffs above, and maneuvering through countless tree branches. It took a week straight of stringing the the line 2,800 feet in length from Taft Point west across a series of gullies that plunges deep as 1,600 feet. Then they walked across. We dig into all the preparation behind this colossal feat. We dig into the mental approach to slacklining, highlining, and how two of the four of them actually have a fear of heights. And we we talk all about the many parallels between slacklining, these different types of adventures, and life. You can give them all a follow on Instagram. I've included their IG handles in the show notes. And stay tuned for a little video documentary that's going to be coming out soon documenting their entire endeavor here without further further ado i hope you enjoy this conversation with daniel mo jules and steve we are live and rolling it is so great to have y'all here we got mo and daniel and steve and jules welcome this is fun this is my first podcast doing with four people so there's a, there's a first time for everything, just like uh, your first time setting the new record walking across the high line, which I'm super excited to uh, to dig into here. Uh, was it was it just you four? Was there a bigger team of people that, that took part in the uh, the expedition? I imagine it was probably a big, uh, big, big crew. Yeah, it was it was a big team, probably like 20 of us in total. <clears throat> wow. Amazing. And, and I get the sense that you guys are friends, too. Like y'all like this came from a, a place of. We're messing around and like, let's, let's, you guys have been in on this together. How long have you all known each other? What's the, what's the backstory for this, uh, this fantastic four here? <laughs> yeah, I guess, uh, we're all friends, but, um, 
I mean, me, obviously me and Daniel are brothers, so we know each other. Um, <laughs> that Steve is our roommate, but we've known him for what, two years now? Yeah, at least like two and a half. <clears throat> two and a half, yeah. Yeah, maybe. And um, I mean, we're, I, I, you could say that we're all pretty new into knowing each other, but respectively, I mean, it's only been like for a lot of us a year or two, but um, it's, and it's accelerated uh, uh, friendship. You could say when you're, when you, when you have such like-minded people and something so cool and such unique thing, you know? So you very much uh, get to gain a lot of friends pretty quickly. And uh, those people are extremely loyal and it's, it's pretty amazing that we were able to like, we, we did it really last minute too. So it was like, the people that were able to come in, even if they were like, oh, I got a day off of work, I'll come and help out for, you know, eight hours and then leave. So it was pretty impressive just to see the sheer amount of people that were coming out, giving their time when they had it, whether or not that meant that they could get on the line. And um, everyone was invested. Yeah. And that's Jules, we for what, like a year? Almost a year? Almost a year, maybe. She's off and on she's a spy <laughs> <laughs> amazing <laughs> i love it well that's super cool and, and it's totally uh totally the case it's something that i feel like when when you're younger you're doing team sports or whatever whatever it might be when you're with a group of people that you're you're doing some shared mission or you're you're working towards something or you go through like suffering together anytime i've climbed mountains when you whoever you're doing that with like you forge some serious bonds. You get to know each other really quickly and really well and yeah. on that deeper level. So it seems like that's the that's the case here. You guys have maybe not known each other. I mean, obviously, besides uh, Mo and Daniel, you guys go way back. But you guys may not have known each other for that long, but it probably feels like uh, like ages. Yeah, Yeah. no, we've definitely... Definitely. <laughs> we love suffering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's great. So so where did the where did this idea come from? Like where did this where did this start? Was it Mo and Daniel? Did you guys have you guys been working towards this? I think I remember reading something that y'all are pretty new into slacklining. Some of you at least. Like where did this idea of let's set up a line in Yosemite and let's set a record or let's let's set this up and let's go for it? Where did this come from? Um, I think that comes from different places. It was a mix of everything that happened at the moment, but like this idea of this line has been going around for a couple of years. Like a lot, every slackliner or highliner that goes up to Yosemite, specifically at Taft, thinks about that line. And you can imagine it very easily because it's beautiful to look at. So we started earlier in June, focused on another project with my friend Eugene who is also a big part of this project and probably like the main reason it happened because he put together the team and the gear. So we went up to attempt this other project, but we didn't think it was safe enough to do it. So we just decided to move on to another spot to still like slackline a little bit, but then we got shut down by Rangers and <laughs> we still had the gear. We still had the stove. Everyone was like, let's go do something. And we brought up the idea of Yosemite and like slowly it started looking like that was uh, something we wanted to do. And yeah, it was the, the third option, the third option. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you can say, so, it's been, I mean, we have a white whiteboard staring over at me to my left. That's got a lot of dreams and hopes. And you could say that that, that was one of them we had up there. That's just kind of like, you wrote it down and you're like, crazy maybe one day but you know it was our habit and then yeah. and then yeah and then we were like you know what screw it maybe this is the time you know like kind of just came out of left field and 
made yeah, it happen. Just like many people, we wanted to make it happen, and we just got lucky that everything worked out in our favor. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> Uh, and what what's the what was the, the the preparation process like? I can imagine there's just a ton of gear. You have to really think through how you're setting it up. Yeah, did you have to get any permission from Rain Park Rangers or anything like that? What's the per, what's the preparation for something like this logistically? Well, for the gear, uh, it was mainly like like the te- different tag lines because we needed different diameter of ropes and having all those ready and like all the webbing that we walk on plus the backup like anchor materials and stuff. Um, and also like the, the rigging part, usually we were gonna use a drone, which we had uh, to get the line across, but uh, we, and Yosemite, we're not allowed to do that. So we, that was like the whole thing about this project because it was tagged or getting the line across by hand, uh, which was wow. like- Wow, well, you, typically, you typically like attach it to a drone and send the drone across? How do you do yeah. that? Yeah, with like a very really? fishing line, yeah. yeah. And so that, wow. that obviously makes things way easier when you can use a machine to do it. But um, for us, we were working with the Rangers. We had let the park know. And so they were in communication with us. And the fact that they knew that we were doing this by hand as well to them was a big proponent in us being able to do it. And they respected that. And um, so inevitably, it turned out better for everybody, although it took us way longer to do that. I mean, it took almost a week, <laughs> five days straight, basically day and night of people down in that gully getting ropes across it. It was the most intense part of the entire process and was definitely the most rewarding thing when that thing finally got across and wasn't yeah. snagged on a single tree <laughs> or a single rock. I mean, we were so happy. Yeah. Cause that, oh, that man. was really the whole, that was 90% of what we achieved was just getting that thing up yeah um, yeah yeah and that was uh that was part of the reason why the park was okay with us being there uh one of our friends his name is ryan sheridan he works at, at in yosemite and he got us in contact with a ranger who after realizing that we didn't use a drone we were following like the park uh rules and everything like by not placing more bolts and anything mm-hmm. um yeah they, they were they were yeah they were very happy with the yeah. work we did and the example we showed to other um, sports and highliners. That's amazing. That's so cool. So, so how did how I want to hear from everybody individually because it sounds like y'all kind of came together through different walks. But how how did y'all get into slacklining? Highlining is I'm guessing just like slacklining, but at altitude or at higher elevation yeah. with bigger drops. Is that right? Yeah. Cool. Same thing. Yeah. So yeah, go go down. Yeah, go down the line here. I'm curious to hear like how did you guys get into this, and <laughs> did you ever think that it would get to this point where you're doing this insane thing? Yeah, no, I did not ever think I would be highlining for sure. Um, I was really afraid of heights, and I actually got into slacklining itself in like 2018. I want to say I met this girl on my campus. She's like one of my closest friends now, but um. She had like a two inch slack line actually. And that was the only thing that I touched. Like I hated one inch slack lines, which is what you highline on. And so I slacklined for a couple months and I was super into it. And then I just stopped doing it for at least two years, I would say. And one day she just invited me out and was like, hey, like I'm gonna go highline at this place called Ortega. Do you wanna come? And I was like, sure, why not? Like I'm not doing anything. 
it was definitely the weirdest experience of my life because we just drove to this person's house and slept over with like six people sleeping in a bedroom, half on the floor, like drove up to set up this, this high line. I had never seen a high line before. And I got on the line and I hated it. I hated every <laughs> single second of it. I wanted to cry out there. I thought I was going to die. And I was a little traumatized by that. So for six more months, I didn't touch another high line. And then COVID happened, actually. I was unemployed. And suddenly I was like, what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> and she invited me up to this place where she was highlining at the time. And I was like, okay, I'll come, you know, try it again. And it definitely wasn't as bad the second time. I also had a great group of friends up there that were just super supportive and like, I basically highlined every single day, like five out of seven days of the week, I was highlining and I did that for four months straight. And wow. it's been about a year, a little bit over a year now since I started highlining. And, and now so you're much has changed. Now you're in Yosemite. That's amazing. I love that. I love how I love how you hated it at first and it then was, you got the inclination it, the to go back. The first time is the worst. You know, I wasn't prepared. I feel like I need to say that. My friends did not prepare me. They they were like, oh, you know, here's someone else's harness. You know, you roll out there and you stand up and you walk. And I'm like, okay, sure, this is what I'll try. And it's tough. It's really tough. <laughs> yeah. So Jules, what do you think before before we go on to the others? Like, what do you what do you think the the value and importance of having the right group of people who you trust? on endeavors like this or in the sport in general like what role does that play for you that's everything because yeah you know some people have different ethics about rigging a line you know there are some people who would have been like oh we can still try to you know use a drone for part of it or some people would have been like this is safe enough maybe and just but your life is literally on this thing you know you want to be with a group of people that you can trust them to make the decision to look at a rope and be like you know this is this is a good rope and we're going to send this one and you know, this is how it's going to go. So I trust these people with my life, you know, literally, I say that, but I mean it literally when I get on the line, you know, just with my life and it's safe because we, we know how to do it and everything. And that's why, but we should. yeah, um, yeah, amazing. And, and you're, so when you're highlining, you're roped in in case you fall, oh, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. You have a, yeah. you have a, a leash on the line and it connects mm -hmm. to your harness. And you tie your knot to that harness and you get someone else to double check it usually, you know, to add that extra right. safety into like, oh, this is right. If I fall, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Insane. But the brain still doesn't acknowledge that oh, when yeah, you're no, staring I'm down. <laughs> I Amazing. Out there and even when I've checked my knot a few times, right. I still look at it again like, that's right. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> You have to trust the gear. I remember the first uh, multi-pitch I ever did was like the sketchiest thing. Cause I'm like, wait, this is, everything's right. Like this is right. And I'm like looking at the gear, like, is this going to pop out of the wall? Are we good here? But uh, amazing. Uh, Steve, how about you? Well, how did you, how did you get into this? Oh man. I mean, pretty similar uh, in just the sense that like, yeah, never, never thought I would ever get involved in this. I mean, it's like, I've always explained, it's kind of like, base jumping at least to me like you see people do it on internet or instagram and you're like wow but like there's no way like there's not it's like how do you even tangibly get there like it doesn't make any sense so i kind of felt like that with highlining it was like oh sure i'll slack line but i don't think that that's even <clears throat> possible or you know you can't even access that kind of stuff and then very quickly uh met some people in san francisco 
And uh, they were like, oh, yeah, you got to come to this festival. And I was like, what? <laughs> there's, a, a, there's people that do this here around California <laughs> that I know of. And B, there's a festival for it. Like, what, you guys hang out and do this for fun? So there's, there's a festival. <laughs> there's a festival for everything these days. <laughs> I was days. pretty blown away. Yeah, and I, I went to this festival called CRG and um, uh, tried my first Highline. I wasn't terrible at it. It kicked my ass and walked away with scrapes and bruises. But I was definitely captivated and needed and just wanted to just keep trying it. Um, personally, I'm kind of similar with Jules. I mean, I'm terrified of heights. So um, it's always a mental game for me, even still to this day, like, especially now, because it's like, I know I can do it and I'm pretty proficient now at walking and I can get on anything, but it's like, my brain doesn't allow me to. <laughs> mm. So it's like convincing your body and your brain to work together and know that you're safe and you can do it. And it's, it's a pretty amazing experience. Yeah. So, tell, tell, tell me more about that. So, so far two out of four of you guys, 50% has said that you're scared of heights. <laughs> and I, 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 don't, I don't know. Yeah. Scared of heights. Yes. Right. Um, uh, tell me, tell me more about that. And like the, the, the mental side of I'm scared of this thing, but I'm going to do it anyway. And, and how you find the enjoyment out of that. Cause I think that that's a, that's a big mechanism and, um, and parallel to approaching life in a lot of different ways. It hundred percent is. And I think that's what a lot of it breaks down to because you hate it. A lot of times I'll hate it. Yeah. Just like Joseph, like, I'll, I'll, what the hell are you doing here? Whose ideal was this? Like, why am I, you know, <laughs> and there's all these thoughts and you don't enjoy that. But then when you first start and you start like crossing or just even getting on them and then getting off, and that that moment when you get off, you're like, look at me, look what I did. Like, you might not have did much, but like the feeling of knowing and like knowing how far that you pushed yourself is so rewarding. And even if it's the littlest chip, you know, of, of something you haven't done before, you just keep doing that. And it, it like keeps rewarding you that much more. And that feeling becomes yeah, you just kind of want to chase it. <laughs> and just knowing yeah. like, uh, like, I've never been so proud in myself sometimes. And that that's a really amazing feeling to be like really surprising yourself of, of new things that you can do and not just learning something, but like putting yourself beyond places you really want to go, taking your comfort zone and like really pushing it behind you. And right. um, yeah, it's tough, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah. And, and showing showing yourself what you're capable of too. I think that's the that's the coolest thing. Like when you're in it, when you're in it, it's like it's tough to comprehend. But then as soon as you're done and you look back, you're like, that was so awesome. Like I got to do it again. Like I want yeah. I want more of that. And I think that that's so so much of the reflection that I've gotten through through climbing different mountains has been uh, and just different adventures in general is has just been building the self resilience and building this, like this inner muscle of being able to like lean into that discomfort a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And then, and then you look back and you're just like, Oh man, like I, you hate it in the moment. And then you look back and you're just like, that was so good. It's, it's not different than I think a lot of people can relate to like when you're doing a workout, you're going for a run. Like nobody likes running. Like yeah. nobody likes running whatsoever. <laughs> you like the feelings that you get after you run and the things yeah. that you're associated with running. That's what you learn to love, yeah. but you find yourself out there running and it's, it's a similar thing. So, um, I love that. 100%. Um, 
Let's go on to Daniel. Daniel, tell me a little bit more. Are you uh, do you got a uh, a fear of heights as well? Do you share that with Stephen Jules? Not as much as that. I'm not. No, <laughs> cool. No, cool. So how'd you get it? How'd you get into slack lining? I got into it from uh, rock climbing. I've been climbing like mm -hmm. from like since 2012, probably. Um, and one of my friends back back in those days had a slack line, and I tried it, and I liked it. And then I saw at a climbing uh, tournament. Like a, like a trick line, uh, like show or performance for one like a famous trick liner, and then for the longest time I always wanted to try it and I always wanted to do that to trick line, and then what is what is trick lining? It's like it's on a two inch line that's really tight, mm -hmm. like just uh, probably like six feet off the ground, eight feet off the ground. And you just bounce on it, do tricks. Oh, got it. Where you like land on different parts of your body, right? And you yeah. jump yeah, and kind of stuff, yeah facet to where they lift they get air above the line yeah so, got it uh because it's so tight it's like bing. Yeah. yeah yeah and then uh and then after that i saw a video of highlighting from the flying frenchies and like for the longest time on the back of my mind that was one of those things that you want to do someday but you don't really think it's going to happen very fast or it's actually going to happen mm -hmm. and then we finally bought a slack line mo and i and uh, like a two inch line started setting it up at the park and just got better at it. And we kind of got hooked from the beginning. Like the both of us, uh, I don't know, just pushing each other to like do better and walk longer or like come up with different moves or whatever. And then we got a one inch line eventually and met some people that eventually took us highlining, which was the first time we went highlining was where we met Steve. And yeah, the first time. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was a nice. <laughs> you relate yeah <laughs> <Sounds about right. laughs> yeah and then that's I, amazing for the first time i got on the line i was scared at the beginning because i didn't understand any of the gear or how it worked yeah but i guess what helped me was knowing how the gear worked how it all got together and like being able to like get back on the line sit on it and then sit start and start walking like the confidence of every single movement was for me what got me over the fear. And mm -hmm. then like, just like, for, for example, tying a figure eight on your harness has been like, I've been doing that for almost 10 years now. Like I can do it with my eyes closed. And I don't know, I just feel pretty confident of some things that I do. Like on bigger projects like this, obviously I was terrified at some points. <laughs> not, not like during the line, but like tagging, like getting the line across, there were some parts that were sketchy. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like the fear, I can get over it pretty fast. I think. Or yeah. Like myself think so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I like I like your your progression. It's like you you get over the fear through building like constant repetition, like to quality yeah, like reps. The sensitized from like rock climbing, like it's a different exposure, but still like whipping a lot and taking big falls. Like yeah, I've been doing that for a while, so like it wasn't way too different. Actually, it was. Uh, like it felt better because you like fall of the highland, you're just hanging there. But if you fall climbing, right. you hit the wall. It's just not <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Air is a little bit more comfortable than hitting rock, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I love that because it's just about build, like building those, like all of those little reps, all, all of a sudden it builds this sense of confidence that you have that like, Hey, I can, I can do this. And all of a sudden you find yourself on the longest high line and you're confident in yourself and you're able to, to get through it. So that's great. Uh, Mo, bring us home. What's the, uh, what's, what's the backstory, how you got into it with your brother? It sounds like you started slacklining. 
Yeah, it's same thing. Uh, we both got in at the same time. We practiced for a while, and yeah, honestly, I never knew what a Highland was or anything. I remember having still my two inch line, and I went to Yosemite, set it up over a creek, and crossed it like with running water, and I felt so cool about it. But I still didn't know what a Highland was. <laughs> so like in my mind, that was like, oh, this is cool. Like maybe you could get higher or something. But um, then we just met friends in San Francisco. They eventually took us up. Same same deal with Daniel. Um, and then yeah, like um, I don't know. I discovered a passion for it. I find myself very happy out there. So I think I just want to keep doing it for as long as I can. Yeah, so good. So were you guys aware? It seems like this has been kind of like a like a dream on the whiteboard, which I love. You gotta have the gotta have those dreams up on the whiteboard there. It's a great one to cross off. It's a great one to cross off. Um, were you guys aware that like this was like, going to be a record? When did you like, were you always aware of that? Did you find that out later? Was that a motivator at all? Was that just irrelevant? Tell me a little bit more about that. I think we were kind of aware that it would be a record because like yeah. we keep track of the lines going on yeah. in California. But that was, I don't think that was like a big, like a big drive. Okay, let's just go break this line to get the new yeah. record. I think it was the meaning right, yeah. of that gap in particular, like yeah. getting to the other side that's never been done before. And just mm-hmm. having the biggest highline in Yosemite that's ever been rigged. Yeah. That, that was just a cool, cool thought. Because that's because that's where the sport started in yeah. Yosemite. So to have very cool. That, like 40 years later is pretty pretty cool. Yeah. Anybody else have any thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, to half point, it's it's a pretty magical spot up there for us highliners. So um mm-hmm. I, yeah, I know we've all been like you go up there. It, it would make lots it makes a lot more sense after you visit it and it's just like you've got this incredible gap on one side and then you look off to the left and it's three times as big and it's like for you know for the last i don't know how many years we've been rigging that gap on the right which is all mm-hmm. it's got variable different lines and some short and some very long the longest being 300 meters and uh but yeah no one it's just like you don't you don't go over to that other gap Cause that's just too much. And <laughs> we were like, no, we need to. <laughs> and, uh, and to, to, how many to, meters? How- 300 meters was the last record. And so to have smashed that basically by three times is 860. Yeah. 861. Um, so almost, you know, three times is pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think, uh, no we were always aware that it was going to be a record, but that was, um, that, like, like Daniel said, that was never like the big motivation um i mean often when you just see places like this you imagine a line and like i guess that was it we, we saw a beautiful line out there and uh we went for it i wasn't super I involved in the planning but when i went out there i was just go i didn't know first of all that yosemite was the slack lining starting high lining area you i didn't know that been up there. i hadn't i've been up there once okay okay i hadn't seen the gap i saw the gap and i thought it was cool but i didn't think much of it <laughs> my motivation was just put big line up walk big line <laughs> i can't let it and i was like yeah big line <laughs> i didn't know because they were all gushing about the history of yosemite and slack lining and i was like is this like an important place like what why are you all so like <laughs> yeah <laughs> my motivations were very different <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's great. I, and I, I, I love that y'all, y'all were focused on, and this is a big takeaway for me also, is that you were focused on like the objective or the mission of this would be really cool to do this thing. The fact yeah. that it was 
a record was like like a bonus or a secondary thing. I think that there's a lot of people that are chasing records or wanting to have the accolade or, you know, check the box on doing this certain thing. But I love that this seems like that that was a result of you chasing this this desire or the following this this dream to to bridge this gap that no one's done from this from from that place of of genuine curiosity and and wanting to achieve that yeah you could very much easily had set up a line that was just as long if not much longer somewhere else between some nice hills with some trees and you could walk it across and it would still be a record but shit, you'd only spend a day. No one would have cared that you that, that you'd done it. Yeah, it I mean, wouldn't be cool. Like, <laughs> I remember so, we left home and we all, as a group of friends, we were looking for a challenge to yeah. begin with. Um, that our, our mission was to rig a big line in a very beautiful spot as well. Yeah. So I think we were just looking for a challenge, and this this was a good opportunity. Yeah. Amazing. So cool. So once you had it set up, it took about five days to get the line set up. I can imagine there was some celebratory shouts and cheers when you when you were able to actually pull it tight and you got it up. Right. I'm sure that was a big moment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, was, it was very loud, screaming. Like... Could, yeah, you could hear my because I was at the very bottom of the gully. And from the videos, you can hear my scream from the, the top. top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everywhere. You can hear it. And, and you, then I could hear the echo from them, and then from you guys, from both sides. It was a very emotional moment, too, because everyone had invested so, so much. much, so much, like so, so much. And it wasn't even just like the time, it was like the energy and the, the just hard work into that. We were really at the last, we were at the end of it, too, because it was like, I mean, the sun was minutes away from setting. We were all telling Daniel and Mo and Jules was down there too in the gully. We were like, I mean, you guys have to get out tonight. There's, you're not spending another night down in the gully. You don't have food, water, X, Y, Z. And so it was kind of like, this is this is it. This is our last shot. If it doesn't go up, you guys come out and we're done trying. Yeah. And so when we when you guys cut it down there and it went up and we saw it like actually floating in air and not touching a single rock. I mean, that was the most <laughs> excited we were all the entire trip. I, I mean, yeah. even seeing our friends, set, I mean, like, yeah, that was, yeah, that that was, was, that was the coolest part. It was the coolest. I mean, <laughs> it was funny too, to see the sense of confusion from like tourists who around <laughs> at this point too. It's a yeah, thin it's little rock. That you can't even see it's going across this 900 meter gap. I mean, and everyone's like, what, what are they excited about? Yeah. <laughs> what is this? And then you know, the next day we've got this giant rope and it's sloping down through the canyon like that. And uh, I I can't count the amount of times we had like kids or, or people come around. Is that a zip line? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you guys are crazy. You're going to zip line down there? I'm like, I'm not even going to go into explaining this right now. <laughs> like, this is too much. That's uh, amazing. So. Even better than zip line. We're going to walk it. Yeah. It's <laughs> crazy. And then they're like, so, no. I, so, so just so I can, <laughs> just so I can. Vi- <laughs> Just so I can visualize like the effort of what it actually took to get it up. Like talk me through like what are the logistics around it? You said so there's people down in the gully there. And what what were you guys doing? What did you have to do to make sure you could get the rope up? Like what actually went into it? There were a lot that went into it. So we had people starting at either end and we had to mm-hmm. repel ropes down. But the problem wasn't that um connecting the the problem was connecting the ropes through that gully because there are different ridges that rise up and down and there's different like canyons there. And so it's uh, not like 
get down there and hike this rope across. No, no, there's trees too. There's big trees. It could get snagged on a lot of different things. So we had over the course of like three, four days, we had rappelled those ropes down either side. And basically as we connected smaller strips through the valley and um, it's, it sounds very simple, you know, like connect smaller strips, but it was literally like, I hiked at one point, I felt like I was surfing on top of bushes. That's the only way I can explain it to you because I'm moving, I'm hiking, but I'm not stepping on ground. I am stepping on straight bush. <laughs> and like I, Mo and I hiked through straight bush for like an hour. You know, we thought like, oh, there's the tree. We're getting close. There's just this huge thing of bush in front of us. And so we entered into the bushes and it was like diving into bushes and you just, you just hike through it, you know, and we were bruised. We were beaten. We were covered in pollen. We were covered in dirt. There were ticks. There was a hundred percent ticks out there. And (laughs) there were a lot of spiders too. I feel like I need to say that because those spiders scared the lot out of me, (laughs) but like, that wasn't even the worst of it because our friend Eugene, the one that we had said was also a huge part of this project. There was one night where he had taken the tagline and it was dark and he had his headlamp, but like he said, all right, I'm going to take this tagline. I'm going to hike down this Canyon and I'm going to somehow get it across this Ridge to you. And we call that area Eugene's Ridge because no one but him knows how he got down that Ridge (laughs) and to the other side. We still don't, I look at it like, I looked at it for the longest time and I was like, I don't understand. How did this man get from here down here across here to this ridge? And it was just, it was crazy. And that was just, that was just parts of it because there was yeah. so much more yeah, before was, that. We all had our different angles, like yeah. different perspectives of the things we were doing and the things we saw down in the gully. Um, like one of our, like we repelling from both sides. It was like 500 meter cliffs mm-hmm. on both sides. Wow. So you get a perspective. And then, like, also you hike down from the middle gully, which is where they hike down from. And yeah, it's just it's easy it's easy to say, but once you put it in perspective of how big the place is, it, it, that's what took took forever. There's yeah, like six different gullies in between the main like the main gap at the bottom. Wow. And we had to get like on top of each ridge down yeah. at the bottom, and then like, and it's not a straight line, so we had to zigzag the the ropes. And we right. were kind of like scraping from all the kinds of ropes we had, like small pieces, big pieces, <laughs> every single rope we had, we connected them and later switched them out. But yeah. That's insane. So I'm, I'm thinking of like when you were first describing it, I, I figured like, okay, cool. There's two cliffs right on either side. You rappel down and then you like walk the ropes together and tie it. <laughs> But, but it's like theoretically but what you're saying is there's all of these ridges and bushes and trees like which makes sense that are down there so it's this dynamic landscape down there that you've got to do everything to get those pieces together so that makes a lot more sense to the sheer challenge that that probably provided you yeah and i mean like most people when you hand tag something it, it usually is that it's usually just two drops and then you connect the middle but what mm-hmm. we were doing never been done before i mean this this is like uncharted territories people don't do this like when you have a gap that big with that much stuff between it no you wouldn't be dumb enough to not like to do what we did yeah drone over it you know like so the fact everything we did we had to like mostly what they did down there too is just like it was invented on the fly like these are all, all like things that are like never been really done basically they were like essentially rigging high lines down there to then get a right. highlight 
GitLab is like basically the process that had yeah, to happen. Yeah, pretty much. Because these pretty these wow. these like individual tags that they made had to be tensioned. They had to be like then managed by themselves and then released up into the air, yeah. like systematically. It, it was pretty insane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. And and then and then you bring it up and then do you do you pull the slack line o o across once you have yeah. the rope up how does so essentially once you get the single rope across or it's it's all tied together it's just yeah. multiple ropes right and then and then everybody releases from one end and people pull in from the other end and um and that's a huge group effort you get a shit ton of people on one side pulling a rope down a hill essentially through a, a pulley system mm -hmm. and then that's a right. bunch of people on the other side releasing it slowly it would it would suck if you dropped the rope, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it, yeah. it wouldn't be our first time either. <laughs> I'm sure. Or you drop it, bro. But yeah, you don't want that, there you that, go. that rope to break. <laughs> Amazing. So so then you get it up, which is incredible. And are are you guys when you're down in the gully there, are you coming back up? Are you staying down there? Did you camp down there? We we did camp down there. Uh this after we went down the first day. I rappelled one cliff, and then another team uh, with Mo, uh, our friend named Tom, Skyler, and Jimmy, Eugen. They were connecting the middle gullies within the ropes, and then we got out the first day. The second day, I went down again with another friend named Victor, and we connected like my rappel rope with the rest of their tagline and switched to heavier ropes. And then, like once I was down there, I realized that I didn't have enough rope to switch all the ropes that I had to. And I had to wait for them to bring it from the car. So I realized that it, it didn't make sense for me to go back up and come back down the next day to connect more ropes. So I just like I figured that I would need to sleep down there and pretty much let them know. And they like brought sleeping bag, food, water, because I was running out. Um, and yeah, they, they got it down to me. And then they also uh, slept down there, although they weren't as prepared. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We were the ones, so when we, he realized he had to sleep down there, someone needed to bring him gear. We realized, okay, well, we need another team to go down to, like, there's a ridge above where he was. We were like, we need another team to go down there, do some work on the taglines and, like, send Daniel the gear. So Mo and I, like, got his overnight stuff. We're thinking, like, okay, we'll be down there pretty late, maybe overnight. We really didn't think so. So we didn't pack our own overnight stuff. We just packed like extra food and like some water. some water, what we thought we might need just in case. So we got down there, we sent him his sleeping bag and his stuff. And that day was a bit of a rough day. Uh, we had the tagline, yeah. different things, different issues with ropes. And so we ended up working until about 11. Right. We worked late in the night because Eugene yeah. was coming from the other side. We were like in the middle yeah. between one side and then mm -hmm. where Daniel met. And then, um, yeah, we ended up, Eugene was out of water. So the water we brought down there, we had to share with him and same with food. He left the next morning, but, um, yeah, we basically worked through the night. We didn't have, we didn't, we didn't sleep. It was cold. Sleep, no. it, it was too cold wow. to sleep. And I was like, you guys keep talking about camping down there. None of y'all camped. It was like, <laughs> working and like maybe closing your eyes for 20 minutes yeah it was like point. 10 minute naps <laughs> maybe a 30 minute nap if you got lucky and then i was just up in line <laughs> and then eugene after all of that he had to he climbed back up the same way he came and fixed the tag on his way up while we stayed there for the rest of the day to yeah. finish uh finish the work yeah wow so and you you rappel down and then you you hike out or you climb out how does that yeah. work 
for that middle part, you can come in through the middle and you can actually gotcha. horse whack your way down to us to a point in the middle, which we yeah. call the true what tree? Most oh, my tree. Most yeah. tree. <laughs> yeah. 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 Was, yeah. Oh my. That was the bush surfing that I'd mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Wow. <laughs> That's insane. Okay. So now, now, now we've all got the visuals. So, uh, then you get the rope up, you get the line across, y'all are stoked. And now you have to transition into different mode, which is like, cool. Now we're going to walk across this thing. Right. What's yeah. did, did you guys all walk across? Did who walked across? Uh, we all walked on it, there was, but okay. Okay. Out of our only group, these two, yeah. out of the, uh, the four of us, only the, uh, Mo and Daniel actually Cross. crossed it. Yeah. But they were crossing it. it back and forth too. Like they did it multiple times. Yeah, yeah there think. was a total of thirty crossings. Yeah. Thirty crossings uh, between us and our friends. Yeah, and then wow. plus a bunch of other people got on it and like got out there and walked a little bit. So like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And and if, you, if crossing it, how long did that take? That must have taken a long time. Mo <laughs> <laughs> um, well, crossed it in thirty-five minutes. Yeah. Like 30, 30, I crossed it in 37 minutes without falling, but I believe I had a faster crossing, um, but with falls. Gotcha. And, then, and so the average for most people is at least an hour. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Just for context. Okay, cool. He's back. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that's helpful. And, and so that's a, that's, I mean, even 35 minutes or 35 minutes of, of just like straight focus, right? Yeah. Like that is a high energy output activity. It seems like when, especially yeah. that high up and you have that long to go, like what, what's the technique Mo? What, what's, what's your technique? Are you just focused just one foot in front of the next? Are you, do you have a way of gauging? Do you look up, see how far you have to go? Do you look back? Do you like, what's the, what's the technique? What's the approach? Well, for this line, it was uh, a little different than any other high line. I usually jump on just because this time I knew what was at the bottom exactly. Um, so I, I'm not going in with that fear of, I don't know, just the exposure. Um, I remember getting on with excitement. I just saw my friends at the anchor. I was happy that we got the line across. Um, but I really like to take music out on the line when I walk. Mm -hmm. um, I drink enough water, take some gum, and Usually I only look a couple of feet ahead, a couple of meters ahead on the line. But this time I remember looking at actually at the other anchor for the whole way. And I just mm -hmm. focus on that for the whole way. And I, I usually what gets me in a good zone is counting one, two, three and taking three steps at a time. One, two, three, one, two, three. And then you just do that for a while and then you catch a good rhythm. And before you know it, you're on the other side. So, um, <laughs> Before you know it, you know, you just cross. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> just like that. Just one, two, three. Like I said, he's really fast. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. C, C line, walk line, right? Just like that. One, yeah. two, three. <laughs> that's how it feels like, yeah. That, uh, that's amazing. Wow. That's really cool. And then, uh, and then Daniel, you, you sent it also? I did it. <laughs> Stop reminding me I did it. <laughs> Bell. Yeah, yeah, I, thought I, you, I thought you walked across. I did. I walked six. I walked the most out of everyone. I walked six times, and then I also walked the first. But on my last try, I fell only once, uh, like two hundred. Oh, so meters. so sorry. So when you say sent it, you mean walking across without falling at all? Yeah, that's yeah. what you mean by sending. Okay, cool. I was thinking like you sent, like you guys, you you certainly sent it. I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> but got it. Okay. 
<laughs> got it. You got it. You said seven times, and then it would have counted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I had yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just got yeah. distracted there, but uh, I, I mean, I'm still pretty happy. It was still a huge accomplishment, and that would have been just like an extra. But I'm not yeah. like I'm still pretty happy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, amazing, especially because it, it seems like it's if a anything, lot more than. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. If anything, just like more motivated for like our next big project. Uh, to not fail again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's not fair. It's not fair. <laughs> I, well, I love it. I love it. Well, I, I also, I love the, I love the backstory as well, because when, when you read the article or you, you know, you hear about it, you think that the main effort or the main show is just like on walking across, but it seems like that was just, that was just like a little piece of the bigger yeah. adventure and expedition that it was. So right. that's, that, that seems like a really cool, a really cool thing to, to see that. Um, amazing. This is, this has been awesome guys. Uh, I, I have one more question that I'm just curious to, to get your thoughts on, um, the journey versus the destination in life. Talk to me about that as people who are achievers, as people who are, uh, adventurers, what do you guys think about the journey and this is kind of what we were just talking about though but it's like yeah. the journey of this whole expedition versus like the destination of crossing the line like what are your thoughts you on that Steve, said you it right there it's like you find that this whole idea or even other people's ideas that like oh the whole goal is for you to cross this thing or to do this a to b and there's a lot more that happens in between that that could be a whole lot more significant in your life than anything else that just you know besides that initial goal yeah and um it's yeah it's a conversation we all definitely have especially within ourselves is how familiar like highlining can be to just life and how much you know you struggle or things that are hard you might fall or you know whatever or shit might not go the way you wanted it to but you just keep going and it's like you could be more uncomfortable than you ever had in your entire life and without food or water or sleep or or the right materials or things, but you can still problem solve and figure it out. And, and at the end of the day, do something really amazing. So yeah, it, it, it's a pretty definitely easy way to line things. Yeah. It's like, there's a lot of parallels. Yeah. that For this specific project, it was definitely a team effort. Like, mm -hmm. uh, even though it's just one person on the line at the time and that's all you see, uh for this specific project and for most projects actually you, you just do these things with your friends and that's uh something i value a lot because the relationships you make the the the, the moments you live with them those are the special things that come with uh cycling at least for me personally um just it's amazing people you meet out there i think love it when i think of this trip <clears throat> i don't think of it as like oh we break the record breaking line i mostly remember like oh my gosh I got to see these people and like work alongside with them and spend days just out in nature you know like no phones or distractions just talking rigging setting up lines you know physically pushing myself mentally pushing myself I honestly don't remember too much about being on the line because at the time like it, nice. just, it just wasn't a super significant thing for me and I enjoyed being out there but the biggest like moment on the line for me was getting to like be out there with someone else at the same time, like two people on the line. And for me, that was great. So when I think of that trip, it's not the biggest 
pipeline in California. It's like that freaking amazing Yosemite trip that we yeah. had where these yeah. people came together and we all did this amazing endeavor and we were rewarded for it. But the yeah. whole trip itself was just, mm-hmm. that was it. <laughs> I love it. Epic. Daniel, anything to add? Uh, I mean, everything's been covered. Yeah, I feel pretty much the same way. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was just amazing to have. Like, I guess for me, the line was was like a challenge, but it was also just like a, a reward at the end because the hard work we had already done. Like, at least the way I see it, like getting yeah. the line across was like the big, big mission. And the real moment, like the real celebration moment was when that thing went flying. And the whole, like, w- once I was walking the line, I would look down at the different rig- gullies where we were and just think back of everything we had to do. And then, like, for me to actually be walking on it was just like a, like a dream. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, right now, I, I look back and I don't think it was real. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's, that's amazing. Congratulations to, uh, to you guys on that. And that like, what a fun, what a fun way to spend a week with friends, right? Like just cha- cha- like tackling a challenge like this and, and just going for it. So what's next? Like, what's the next, what's the next adventure? What's next on the dream board over there? <laughs> there's, there's a lot of goals out there. Uh, the one we're planning on coming up pretty soon, actually what next month is uh, a line in Mexico. Uh, that's also going to be a big deal out there. It also, it's also going to break uh, national record, but uh, just the beauty of this place where we're going is what it's really, what really it's caught our attention. So that's uh, that's what we're going with. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, well I can't wait to... Sorry? Yeah, go ahead. No, go uh, for it. I want to hear. So hopefully maybe, you know, one day, the big thing that we're trying to work on right now is just like getting access and getting more, a wider audience to what we do here. I mean, it's like, you you always find us out in nature and somewhere hidden behind rocks and doing this generally way off trail or something like that but uh, ultimately we'd love to be able to do this in like a city from buildings or from you know natural uh things and like uh or bridges or you name it and um so yeah it'd be really really neat to be able to bring it to a bigger audience and events you name it amazing oh that Stat- one's a, that, that's a five-year dream right there but i like it like eiffel eiffel tower to downtown uh paris or something like that it's been done it's, it's been done, done. It's been has done. it actually yeah no way happened. believe it or not yeah two it's times done. two times it's what we're trying to do here wow. the it's like in europe and because in europe they, yeah they can get South away with America, this stuff they, they do it all the time yeah right makes sense yeah you but would get you know, flagged pretty quickly uh, yeah, urban highlines. It's very hard. There's only been a few. Yeah. And so to be able to break that open and like get that more normalized here in the States would be so amazing. Yeah. Bring a lot very more cool. to sport. Well, if there's a uh, if there's a crew to do it, I have full faith and belief that it's you guys <laughs> and, the, uh, and the rest of the squad. So um, th- thanks so much for jumping on and, and sharing the story. Really got a lot out of this and excited to share it with uh, with my listeners and and the world over here and can't wait to catch up on the other side of the next epic adventure you do have you guys back on the podcast and debrief that one as well. So, um, yeah, thanks. Is there any, anything you guys want to share in, uh, in, in closing, where can people find you? Any, any, any last kind of parting thoughts here? Uh, I guess social media. Yeah. Social media. You can follow us on our our Instagrams. Um, yeah, you'll send, you'll send them to me and I'll make sure we get them in the show notes so people can, can go plug them in. 
Perfect. Yeah, that works great. And um, we're yeah, going to have a video. Next. Yeah, we'll have a video come out soon where we go in detail of how this was done, showing different angles, getting stories from everyone in the team. So awesome. we'll put it together and like that's also going to be coming out soon. Can't wait to see, can't wait to see that. Cool. Well, thank you guys. Have an awesome, uh, awesome rest of your uh, your afternoon and uh, can't wait to see what's next for you guys. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys.